0: Hey, this is Gerd Tundel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics, so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Inner Light Project. Today I have a beautiful guest for me who's helping people to say yes to their inner vision. Now this person helps the clients to overcome roadblocks, move around the detours and activate a life on their own terms. Brie, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining this space here today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh bless you. Well Brie, your life story really interests me. Can you tell the listeners what your life was like before you actually became a life coach?
1: Yeah, pretty much before I started down this path, I my life had been really defined by what I didn't want. Hmm. I had been pretty much on the run for my entire life, uh, leaving whatever I didn't want. I didn't like where I grew up, so I ran away to college a year early. But I didn't even really like where I went to college, so I ran away from there to go to Italy for two years. And while Italy was great, again, it was like I was running from something, so it wasn't was never able to fully enjoy it. And then I had to leave Italy, obviously visa reasons, and ended up in a small town in Washington and. literally only landed there because I got a job there and then I stayed there even though I didn't really like it and my entire life was kind of marked by what I didn't want and I finally I mean it was like five years ago that I moved to Los Angeles and I feel like it was one of one of my first few conscious decisions to choose what I wanted versus what I didn't want Mm. and from there then you know, I decided to shut down my fashion brand that I'd been running for seven years because I didn't want that anymore either. And it just didn't feel good and it didn't feel aligned. And very closely after making that space, uh, I realized that people had been asking me to help them uh, bring their visions to life, like help coach them through that process of creation for years and I'd constantly been like no 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 I don't do that that's not my thing (laughs) you know I I know I'm fine and so once I made the space from closing down my fashion brand I was like oh the universe is clearly asking me to do this thing like it keeps Mm. putting all these people in my path showing me that this opportunity is available to me so what would happen if I said yes to it Mm. Um, and so I kind of I now kind of build my life along the lines of like following the breadcrumbs. So I actually, you're like literally the second person I'm talking to this about. Um, (laughs) The last several weeks, like close to a month, I think the universe has been really pointing me in the direction of why do you only coach women? Hmm. And A girlfriend, finally last night, a girlfriend of mine said it to me. She's like, have you ever thought about coaching men? And I was like, you are like the 10th person or thing or experience or conversation I've had that's really been pointing me in this direction. And so, you know, I've had multiple men reach out over the last few weeks. And I think I'm going to say yes to opening up that area as well, because I'm clearly being asked for it. And I just, I follow What's put in front of me now and decide whether or not it's something I want to say yes
0: to. It's definitely a sign you've got. Yeah, you've got to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That is 100 percent. It's a sign. I I totally relate with what you're saying, Um, because a few years ago back, I was always just I kind of coached men and women. But something said to me I needed to coach women. And I, and I ignored, I kept ignoring it. And like yourself, I kept getting the messages or people kept messaging me. And it was like, right, okay, I need to trust in this process. Um, and it was the best thing I ever did. It was, sometimes we're called out to do things at a different time in our life. And I feel like at the moment, that is, that is what the universe wants you to do.
1: Yeah, it's pretty clear, especially last night, this girlfriend of mine is like, just so not like these are not conversations we ever have right like with and it came so out of the blue that I was just like okay that's the final straw got it
0: (laughs) oh I love that it's it's so interesting about your journey you know coming from a fashion world to being a coach do you reckon that a lot of women in particular um are scared of making that change and that's why we hold on to a certain job or a certain career for so for such a long time
1: Absolutely. I just spoke about this. I just had a three day intensive in my home and one of the women was asking about it because she's getting ready to leave something to step into something new. And I was talking to her about how she's going to need to plan for this grieving process because (laughs) what happens is our ego attaches so tightly onto these identities that we create for ourselves And it happened to me totally. It was like nine months of me kind of like picking up the pieces of my broken ego (laughs) after I decided not to be a fashion designer anymore, because I had attached so much to that, that Mm. I I had this like total death moment where I was like, but if I'm not a fashion designer, what am I? Mm. And I had to really take the space and the time to sift through that, you know, who Who am I in the world? What's my value contribution if I'm not a fashion designer? Because truthfully, I was a fashion designer. You know, my grandmother had taught me sewing when I was little. Like I got, I just got back into it accidentally, Um, but I got really attached to being a fashion designer and what that meant and what that looked like Mm -hmm. and how I was perceived by the world and what people thought of me because of it. And, you know, dressing big names like Tony Braxton and what that meant about who I was in the world, because, you know, all these things, all this, and it's all bullshit, right? Like it's all, (laughs) it's all nonsense, Mm. but I was so steeped in it that when I took that away, I was like, I have nothing. Mm. I am no one. I like, I, I, do I even have a reason for living anymore? Like, I mean, it was, I had to go through some really deep shit to come out on the other side in order to learn the truth about who I was without all that ego identity stuff wrapped up in it.
0: So true what you're saying, that we've we've become so attached to the story that we've created and we've molded about ourselves. And I totally relate with you. Um, Back in 2012, I left the journalism world and I always wanted to be a health journalist. That's what I thought I was always gonna go down. And when I left that journey and just said enough was enough, it was so hard <laughs> and I couldn't give it up for a while. And I kept, I kept carrying on like writing articles for certain companies thinking, no, 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 I've got to keep doing it. But the universe kept pushing me back saying, no, you've always been a coach. Go and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like yourself, I'd always been coaching people. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. I was doing it from such a young age. Um, and I, I used to work in a pharmacy as well. So I was always helping people. But I just, and my mom was a nurse. So it was always there. And it's amazing how we always have these like qualities that we're born with and we grow up with, but we sometimes ignore them. Like yourself, you you were always born to be a coach. But somewhere, something shifted your mindset and said, go and be a fashion person.
1: Yeah. And to, you know, to be fair, of course, and we spoke about before we started, uh, journeys a little bit, like, I don't believe that I would be as successful as I am as a coach without having been a fashion designer. And so I think that I needed that space. I I talk about my fashion business as my like entrepreneurial training wheels Mm. because I had so much to learn about being a business owner and running a business and, money management and Mm. like all these things that no one teaches you about being an entrepreneur. (laughs) I had to learn all those lessons with a business that kind of didn't matter, right? Like it's Mm. gone now. So it it doesn't really have any significance anymore in order to then step into the business. That's going to be my legacy. Like this, this business, you know, the book I just wrote, the programs I'm developing, Mm. the people I'm touching that's my legacy. That's what people are going to be talking about in a hundred years when I'm physically no longer on the planet. So I needed to learn the lessons that I needed to learn in my fashion business in order to be able to step into the greatness that I'm building with my coaching business
0: absolutely and I guess you wouldn't be the person you are today if it wasn't for that business and what you learned and the skills 100% relate with what you're saying because I feel the same like even though I was down the journalism brew and I was I used to feel really unhappy watching the news because it was making me sad (laughs) I was in that world for so many years and the moment I stepped away from it I I got to really understand myself and I am I I am really grateful for the journey that I had, but it it does, it does shape you into who you are and it does help you along your journey to be, I guess the best, the the greatest version of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So my day, you know, you're now a life coach and you're helping people. And so how do you help them to tap into their inner vision?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is honestly, it's, it's more of like a dusting off process Because I believe that we all have it within us, like we're born with it. We come onto this planet being programmed with what we're here to do, right? And what happens over the years is that other people's expectations get layered upon that, and you know, the understandings of how society works gets layered upon that, and you know, our our shoulds, like our um, our mental, you know, well, but doing this career would make more money. Like all that (laughs) stuff gets layered on top of it. And so I see it more of like a dusting off or like an untangling process where we start looking at, okay, so so so-and-so placed this expectation on me when I was five that I was gonna be a lawyer, right? Mm. Like, is that mine? Okay, so it's not mine. So now I get to remove that and create space and continually shed all of this stuff in order to have the capacity to allow my vision to fully reveal itself to me. Um, I work a lot more with the idea that your future is, is already happened. It's already written. It's already there. Yeah. You just need to be in a space of being able to receive that. And so a lot of the work I do with my women soon to be men, uh, is (laughs) connecting with their future selves
0: Mm. and
1: really learning who that person is. And it's a a simple becoming process. You don't then have to, it's more of an allowing process than a a pushing process or a forcing or creating process.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I I totally see where you're coming from. It's so important to kind of Kind of take yourself away from the story that you've created for so many years and allow yourself to come into the light that you were supposed to be in this world. Yeah. It's almost like removing that mask and being yourself. <laughs> yeah. And there's so many
1: masks that we wear and so many masks that, you know, other people hand to us and they're like, here, this would look really good on you. Take it. And we take it. And we're like, oh, well, so and so thinks I should be wearing this mask. So I'm going to wear it. And we never stopped to, I had a, I had a client, I think it was two years ago, who was 45 years old, and she had never answered the question, what do I need? Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so it's really giving yourself permission to find, like you said, that inner light, mm. find what it is that you're here to do, and say yes to
0: it. Yeah. Do you reckon that the with the older generation, because of like, they had to fight for a lot. You know, if you look back, hundred, it was 100 years this year, isn't it, that um, women had to fight for their rights. So do you reckon that a lot of us, like, as the generations keep, like, how can I explain? <laughs> um, with the older generation, we're having to clear, like, not the clutter, but, like, um, the injustice and all the things that they went through to really shine and be who we're supposed to be and show and also mirror that to show them as well. Absolutely. It's,
1: it's interesting that the more work that I find myself doing, um, I've watched the other women around me, like, especially my mom mm. is a totally different woman in the world because, you know, yes, I'm doing the work for me and my familial patterns. Right. Mm. But it impacts all of us. And we do now have an opportunity to create something different for the generations to come. Mm. And with the shift in, in time periods and things that are cosmically going on right now, now is a really beautiful time for us. Those of us that are light workers that are already on the planet to step up and take responsibility for making that change in the world, because we are not only impacting ourselves, we're impacting the women that have come before us mm-hmm. and the women that are cut co- to come after us as well
0: beautiful and um, just cuz like with my mom for example i love my mom and my mom is such a giver <laughs> she used to be a nurse and she always put everybody ahead of her and just by me kind of standing up in my own truth and you know shining my own light it's kind of allowed her to realize that it's okay to self love yourself it's okay to say no yeah. would you say that was kind of like a similar experience with yourself
1: yeah, absolutely. My mom called me, I think it was last summer. She started doing yoga last <gasps> summer for the first time ever. Wow. And, uh, I don't think she started meditating yet, but I'm working on that one. <laughs> and then she messaged me a few weeks ago and was like, my, my stepdad just got a yoga mat and he's <gasps> going to now start doing yoga with her. Wow. And it's, it's kind of cool to see that there, and she even took one of my manifesting courses and recently, like they sold one of the buildings that they owned that they didn't want anymore. And she's, um, yeah, yeah, she's doing stuff for her now and creating Mm. her life. She, like she runs three Airbnb listings in my hometown and she freaking loves it. (laughs) It's the best. And she's always had an entrepreneurial spirit, but, I don't think, I don't know how much she ever actually liked the other businesses she was running. And mm. uh, I think for the first time in her life, she's really getting the chance to do her, do what she wants to do and, and be compelled by that.
0: Wow. Sounds like she's living in her truth.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say fully what her experience is, but it's it's cool to see her for the first time. Like, no, she got a few years ago, got into ancestry and researched our entire familial line all the way back to the Mayflower with Columbus. And wow. like seeing her find these things that excite her instead of, you know, I when I grew up, she was a single mom and she had to work three jobs wow. in order to put food on the table. And mm-hmm. I watched her, you know, have to, work so, so, so hard just to make ends meet. And what I love now is being able to now see her thriving. Mm. And in this place where she's doing what she wants to do every day, you know, she goes to yoga, she gets massages, she runs her Airbnbs, she mm. gets to, you know, cook and all and she gets to support me and my sister, which she loves. She <laughs> got, my sister just got her wisdom teeth out. And my mom got to go s- Spend four days with her while she's recovering <laughs> and you know it's just it's cool to see that shift mm. between the shoulding and the half have, have to's yeah. to the like get
0: to mm. that's beautiful yeah wow and my day I wanted to ask you an interesting question so few weeks ago, we had the beautiful ladies, Heather and Timmy from um, Energy Muse, and we were talking about crystals and saging, and um, I kind of noticed, like with yourself, you're kind of into saging as well. So could you tell us about your journey with sage and how it helps you to kind of stand up in your own truth?
1: Yeah, I started with sage, I mean, it was probably around the time that I started with uh, yoga and meditation, and I don't remember necessarily how it started but other people were using it around me like i would go to a meditation class and they would sage and or i would go to you know have a reiki session she would sage me beforehand and Mm. um i i just kind of always felt it felt it always felt really good it felt safe and it felt kind of homey to me Mm. and uh so i you know when i bought my house in 2009 i got a bundle of sage and you know, cleaned all the energy of the house and, you know, periodically would sage a little bit here and there. And little by little, it's just started becoming part of my daily ritual. Mm. And kind of like I I talked about earlier, we pick up a lot of energy, right? We pick up a lot of other people's energy. We pick up a lot of just energy that's floating around. And for me, saging myself in the morning is just kind of like a fresh start to the day. Mm. And I've, I've really been into this idea of having rituals lately. Uh, and so it's just kind of become part of my daily practice, my daily ritual that I do. And um, it just, it feels good to me to clean my vessel, mm-hmm. essentially, because I, I sage my body every day is basically what I do. I don't sage my home every day, um, but I saved my body and it's just, it just feels good to have a clean spirit, a clean aura, a clean energetic space to mm-hmm. start my day from.
0: It's almost like um, a reset button for the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting you were saying about energies. It's so true. A lot of us don't realize like how the energies around us, like even like our old working places, like how the energy would have affected us around there. And um, when I used to work in the pharmacy, I was, I was about 18 years old. And I used to listen to a lot of people's problems. And I I have, I've always had this energy, my dear, where people love to tell me everything. (laughs) I could just go to an event and I will know someone's life story in like 10 minutes. Um, And that used to happen to me a lot in the pharmacy. Um, And I remember used to going home really tired and drained and thinking, why do I feel so tired? I never used to feel like that. And it was because I was picking up everybody else's energy. And it turns out I was anemic for about two and a half years, but really it wasn't, anemia it was more to do with the energy that I was allowing to come into my uh field yeah and it's it's, yeah we
1: we tend we don't we're not taught about how to have um like clean energetic boundaries between people and so a lot of like energetic courting happens or other people will try to take their energy and literally like dump it on top of you or they'll try (laughs) to call at your energy or you know and and so it's it's, I found it's really important. I do cord cutting ceremonies all the time. I give people back their energy all the time. Mm. (laughs) I call back in my own energy all the time. Mm. And I'm just really clear about, you know, what's mine, what's other people's, what's a healthy energetic exchange in relationship and what becomes very suddenly, you know, unhealthy or codependent or any of those things. Um, and so that's just kind of another practice that I'm really conscious of. And then the sage kind of helps supplement that. And it helps if there's any energetic, like, residual energy lingering. It just kind of takes it away. Yeah,
0: yeah. I find that with um, selenite as well, that's, like, my my to-go yeah. thing. And, like, if I ever feel like like I've, I've saged myself and then after, if I feel still a bit tired, I'll just get the, the selenite wand out and I feel like a fairy <laughs>
1: yeah i have a round one that i like mm. when i had that weekend intensive in my home Love it. all three days i just held on to it because i was channeling so much energy mm. um, and i needed to have my energy be clean and clear like i couldn't couldn't be picking up anyone else's energies or anything like that and i do a lot with selenite um so i have one like i said that i hold on to and even i just recorded my audiobook and i was <gasps> holding my selenite in my hand the whole time okay. um And then I have two pieces, one on either side of my front door. Mm. So any of the energy that comes into my home, I have black tourmaline, Mm -hmm. uh, one on each side, and then selenite, one on each side. And so the black tourmaline, of course, holds in any negative energy, and then the selenite cleanses it.
0: Uh, So, yeah. For the listeners out there, it's so important like to kind of look into crystals because it can help to shift the energy not only in yourself but also the house like like yourself bria i i have the selenite on the windowsills i have the black tourmaline in in certain rooms where there's too much technology and i found that since i've had crystals into my life it's not really a religious thing it's just more of a spiritual thing that it helps to allows you to be more clearer in yourself and what you're here to kind of do yeah it, yeah it's it. i almost feel like we should be taught this at school and like when in the working environment we should all have like little mini crystals
1: (laughs) I used to when I worked uh for you know I have I've had day jobs and I used to share my office with someone and like all sorts of stuff I used to hide crystals like they didn't (laughs) even know they were there but I would just grit out the entire either my personal office to keep out other people's energy or if I shared it with other people I'd put like fluorite all around Ah. their desk and and um rose quartz and all sorts of stuff just to be like that's your energy and this (laughs) is my energy and this is a really clear boundary and like you can keep your stuff I'll keep my stuff and like we're gonna be good (laughs) I love that but no one ever knew
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing and I found that a lot of people hide them in their bras and their pockets Mm -hmm. and it does make a difference. Like I used to go to certain events and I used to feel so tired. And then when I started having crystals and wearing my hat at that time, it just shifted my energy and I felt so protected, almost like the angels were kind of protecting me from any bad vibes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I love it. I have a whole altar that lives in my bedroom that... And I have all sorts of like Saraswatis on there and Ganesh mm. and Lakshmi and just all sorts of crystals. I've been drawing elephants to me like crazy lately. So oh, wow. There's, and, and like tons of gifted elephants as well. They're just mm. coming my way. And so, yeah, I surround myself with all those little things just to – It's to me, it's, you know, obviously me and my light and my vessel mm. is the predominant thing. And I feel like these are just – like little extra, like tools and yeah. support things that I can kind of supplement mm. what I, all the other things I'm doing. So I, you know, I take care of myself physically inside, I take care of myself physically outside. And these things just kind of help me as additional foundations, additional support.
0: Yeah, it's almost like it brings us back to ourself, all the crystals. It's always always, it's always about coming back to who we are and ourselves and reminding us to be present in ourselves. Yeah. If anyone's interested about crystals, um, check out the podcast with Energy Muse Ladies, um, which is in the iTunes list. Um, My dear, I wanted to talk to you about the importance of a daily practice. You know, you hear a lot of different coaches saying, you know, you should do this, you should do that. What's your kind of viewpoint about daily practices?
1: So my viewpoint is that we don't spend enough time knowing ourselves, Mm. and really connecting with our souls, our lights, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so my daily practice looks different every single day. But the consistency is in that between 6am and 9am. I am with me, I am with my soul. Mm. I'm with my higher power, you know, my angels, my Whatever that looks like for for you, right? Mm. And that's my time to really be connected because throughout the rest of the day, you know, everything's pulling at us. Email, cell phone, notifications, <laughs> calls, texts, like so much stuff is pulling our attention in so many different directions. Mm. And if I don't have that like solid grounded connection with myself. And with my divinity and all these things, I can get real easily spun off course. Yeah. So that time is my time. It's my time to do me. It is my time to fill my cup. It is my time to take care of myself and to feel really good about who I am and what I'm creating in the world. So that then, anytime anything comes at me for the rest of the day, I'm approaching it and I'm responding to it from a really centered place. I'm not, you know, spinning out into the what ifs. I'm not (laughs) living in that place of fear. I'm not, you know, losing my balance, losing my center. I'm able to respond to it from a place of wholeness,
0: Mm. I guess. It's almost giving yourself that permission to allow yourself to, to get ready for the day. So it's like, we're going to go into our mode and just clear what needs to be cleared and just be present for that day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I prefer morning routines just because I'm a morning person
0: anyways.
1: (laughs) But um, to me, again, it's that like setting up my day for success Mm. and setting myself up to be centered and be grounded and be in my power throughout the day. Um, Versus if I remember the days when I had a day job and I would get up and I would really quickly like jump into the shower and make breakfast and eat breakfast on the way to work. And I was rushing and rushing and rushing and rushing and I would get in the office and everything would be chaotic. And I'd be rushing and rushing and rushing and rushing and I'd get home and I'd be so exhausted. And it just was like, I felt like I was just spinning my wheels constantly. And now I'm much more present. I'm much more grounded. I'm much more purposeful and I get to create on a whole different level because I give myself that time in the mornings. And so to anyone that doesn't yet have a practice, I would recommend you start and start with something, whether it's five minutes a day, Mm. whether it's 10 minutes a day, you know, I did not start with a three hour morning routine straight up. I started with a five minute meditation (laughs) and it kind of grew into what it is now. But, um, you know, if you're not giving yourself that time, who else is? Mm. And I just, I I hear from so many people I don't have I don't have time to meditate I don't have time for this I don't have time for that well what one make time for it and two like if you're not prioritizing yourself Mm. how is that playing out in your life and what is what is that doing for you because you have another option
0: yeah you're putting all that hard work in and you're not and to not look after yourself it doesn't really make sense does it
1: (laughs) And it's crazy, too, how even just a five-minute meditation Mm. can shift everything about the energy of your day, can shift how you show up, how you end up creating, you know, how well you're doing in your job, how much you're enjoying. Like, even if you have a job you don't like, having that five minutes to yourself in the morning can shift your perspective and help you at least be grateful for something within that job, because the more you hate it, the longer it's going to persist, So why not start showing up from this place of fullness, and your world's going to change around you. It will absolutely change. There's no other choice. But not giving yourself permission to do that is, to me, I think it's, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) Like I don't even know how else to describe it. It's if you can't give yourself five minutes a day, I, I like, I don't, I. Have nothing
0: to say. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah. Well, this is saying you can't serve from an empty vessel, and it's funny as you were talking about your journey from the past. I was the same. I used to run with toast in my mouth, my heels in another hand, running to work <laughs> like five minutes late, and I used to just leg it down. And like some days, I was out of breath, <laughs> and I was always I was un, I was always late because I was unhappy in that job. But I just kept doing it for the money at that time because I loved the commission, <laughs> and. Um, And I used to remember like hardly sleeping at night because I'd be always, you know, looking at messages and I'd live off like three hours sleep, just unhappy. And when I started to meditate, when I went on my journey, oh my God, that whole me running around and not knowing where I was like a headless chicken just changed. I'm so present now than I've ever been in my life. And it really does allow you to ground yourself and be true to yourself. And you kind of start to learn about boundaries and like values as well without even realizing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. Even just that five minute meditation, whether like no matter what it's related to can start shifting so many other areas of your life.
0: Yeah. And everyone who's listening out there, just so you know, like some people might, you know, have had messages in the past saying that, you know, I can't meditate. And like, if I have meditated, it's been really heavy. Sometimes it, it takes time. Like even with myself, I don't know with yourself, Brie, but when I first started meditating, it was so hard to like zone out. I remember looking out the window, like trying to like look at anything else but zone out. And when I eventually started to zone out, um, I was very emotional because it was a lot raising up to the surface that needed to be healed. It wasn't one of those meditation situations where I started meditating and Woo-hoo! I was like really like airy-fairy and like, hey guys, it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it took probably a good six months for, for that darkness to almost clear and bring in the light. What was your kind of personal journey with meditation?
1: I started a lot with um, guided meditations because my mind was so spun up into so many different things that I couldn't calm it down enough. Mm. Like I would just sit and and my mind would spin. And so I had to start with guided meditations because it slowed my brain down enough and gave it something to focus on. So that I could follow the words of whoever was guiding me to to be like, okay, the light is coming in through my crown. Got it. All right. I'm feeling feeling it move down. You know, and like I could I had a place to focus my thoughts and my attention. And the more and more and more and more I did it, then I was able to transition into, you know, now I can put on just some simple, you know, solfeggio tones or chakra based music or whatever and just go into a flow state for 15, 20 minutes. Um, but that's also been, I don't know, nine years, eight years in the making. Right. So, yeah. um, the thing that I always say to people, cause people always say, well, I can't meditate. Well, then you're not doing the right kind of meditation mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. And, and there is no right kind of meditation, right? Like you just have to find what works for you because sitting still with mudras, like in the cross-legged position might not work for you. Mm. It might not. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but everyone can meditate. I believe that we, I mean, we're born meditating, right? Like this, mm. it comes naturally to us, but you have to find the kind of meditation that works for you. And by saying, by immediately closing off to it and saying, I can't meditate, um, one, you're telling your brain, you're reaffirming to your brain that you can't meditate. And then your brain's going to be like, Oh, right. We can't meditate. Gotcha. We don't do this. Yeah, Your brain does what you, what you tell it to do. So if you're telling it that you can't meditate, obviously it's going to be like, Oh yeah, we can't meditate. Mm. Start shifting your 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 speaking start shifting your understanding, your believing about what you're capable of. Try a bunch of different things out and see what works for you.
0: Absolutely, that's so true. And um, and it was something um, I spoke with David G a few months back, and it was really interesting because he had an experience where somebody was saying this is the only way to do meditation. And even Ugh. my personal journey, I I'd been meditating since I was a kid, but I had no clue. <laughs> I was just naturally sat there like I used to go to the temple as a kid and I used to just sit there but never understand anything but I was in a meditative state but I didn't realize I was doing that Um, and with David G as well like when he kind of went off on his own journey and when I went on my own journey and just sat and trusted my own meditation it just flowed. But for some people, they need to go to, you know, a a meditation class or a yoga class to help them to to feel to go into that state. And that's absolutely fine. Like, and just like you said, it's so important to kind of find your own path. And, you know, if you have to go get those tools from a teacher, go for it. However, also find your own unique style because nobody can meditate like you do.
1: Yeah, we've we've been, you know, our school systems teach us to be sheep, basically. Right. So. We walk around thinking other people know best. Mm. Everyone else needs to tell me how to do it because we can't think for ourselves. I don't know what I need. So someone else knows and they're going to tell me. And that's how so much of what's going on in our world today is, is built, right? Like no one, people don't trust themselves. They don't take the time to figure out what works for them. Mm. They go, I see this so much in the entrepreneurial community. Well, so-and-so said, I need to do webinars. So that's how I'm going to build my business. Well, the webinars don't work for everyone. <laughs> well, so-and-so said, I really need like an Instagram strategy. So <laughs> that's what I have to do for my business. It's like, no, you need to find your path mm. and when you can find your path. And when you can follow your path, then everything else will come. But if you're constantly basing what works for you off of what works for other people, you're gonna be searching and spinning and failing for a long time.
0: I feel like giving you a high five, a virtual high five. (laughs) Yeah, It's so true. And I think we all kind of make those, we all have to go on that journey of like realizing that we create our own destiny. We create what works for us and we just have to trust in that process.
1: Yep. And it's not sexy. It is not sexy. People want (laughs) the six steps. They want to be like, tell me how to do this thing and then I'm going to do it. It's not sexy to go within Mm. and find your path, but it is the only way that you will be able to build a lasting legacy. The six steps will burn themselves out because they're probably not aligned for you.
0: Mm. And then you're
1: going to be searching for the next six steps and then the (laughs) next six steps and then the next six steps. When you could have taken the time in the first place to just find your path. And you wouldn't have to be spinning and searching and spending money and wasting time and all these things.
0: Absolutely. And sometimes things can change as well, even when you're on that path. Like for example, with guys like the show itself, like get inspired with girls has always been part of me. However, after my operation, something just woke up in me and said, right, that's it. It's got to be the inner light project. And I could have just sat there and carried on with, you know, get inspired with girls and kept that name. But if I did, I'm not being true to myself. I'm not being true to what my purpose is. So even if you're on that journey, it's okay to make like a start, a fresh start and just trust in that flow. Yeah. It's just so, I just feel like it's so important because I feel like even within business, sometimes people are so scared of, you know, making a little change because they're so used to something and it works. That's kind of like an old version of you. It's now kind of stepping up into that new version of yourself.
1: Yes. I talk like, about this a lot in the book because ooh. when what was working for me in 2016 uh, stopped working for me in 2017 because mm. I created a, a different trajectory for myself. I changed my my endpoint, and mm. in the changing of the endpoint, I couldn't take the same path anymore because it didn't lead to the same destination. And so everything that was working on my path in 2016 stopped working in 2017, mm. and it I had to redo everything and then become one become an entirely different woman Mm -hmm. but two, also get clear on like okay well if this is now where I'm going what's aligned with that pathway because if I continue to hold on to what has worked in the past I'm not going to be creating the results that I want in the future
0: absolutely and can you tell us more about the book permission to leap
1: yeah so the book came to me which was interesting last year uh, I was in meditation and got a really clear message that I was writing a book and that I was writing it in June and I was leaving LA for two weeks to go write it and uh, it was a very interesting journey allowing that path to unfold in front of me figuring out you know what am I writing about and what's what wants to come through me right now and and what am I good at? And what's, you know, all these things. And yeah. so I wrote the book over a course of two weeks in June wow. in Seattle and uh, launched it in November. It's all about taking that leap of faith, mm. taking that idea that you have and turning it into reality because it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to create that idea and give birth to it. Mm. So, and there and there's a lot of it's it's the space between those two places that no one's talking about mm. and everyone wants to gloss over that part everyone wants to t- to talk about the rags to riches story <laughs> they want to talk about before and they want to talk about the after and no one wants to talk about the middle That's and i'm so like true. it is we're doing people a disservice by not talking about the middle of our journey mm. because People are being unprepared for what they're getting into. Mm. They don't know what to expect or what to face. They don't understand the inner process that has to happen because the majority of a leap is the inner process. Mm. And so I wrote this whole book kind of like exposing everything from the day you commit to your leap of faith Mm. uh, all the way up until the day you land on the other side of that leap and, you know, create a a feedback loop and a really consistent plan to continue moving forward from that point so I talk about the highs the lows all the mess that goes into the creation process and uh, really support people in bringing their visions to life.
0: Wow I love that that's it's so true that you're right people don't talk about the crappy bits (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the things that you have to do it's like oh this is what happened and this is where i am now it's never about okay so we had to do this and we had to do that and it is a journey and it's so important to share that so others can see how kind of experiences you had to go to and what kind of experiences they may have to go to in order to get to the destination that they want to to go to well and i
1: think It normalizes those experiences for Mm -hmm. other people because what happens is we sit around, especially solopreneurs, we sit around in our homes (laughs) telling all these stories about how we're massively failing and Mm -hmm. how no one else is that, you know, everyone else's Instagram feeds look perfect, Mm -hmm. which means that no one else is failing. We are the only ones failing. So clearly we're doing it wrong. And we spin all of these ridiculous stories about mm. how we're unique and we're different, and you know, mm. no one else is having these experiences when in fact, everyone is having those experiences. <laughs> everyone is facing all of the same things. I always say to, to my clients, I'm like, "You're not special. <laughs> You're not special. <laughs> everyone goes through this. Yeah. Everyone does, but no one talks about it. So we mm. think we're alone. Mm. We don't reach out for help. Yeah. We allow ourselves to go spin down the fail spiral. And then we give up on our dreams and our vision because we're not equipped to understand what actually goes into that building process.
0: Yeah, that is so true. I love that. And yeah, where can the listeners find your book, my dear?
1: So Permission to Leap is on Amazon. Uh, It's currently available on Kindle and in paperback. And soon, I unfortunately don't have a date, uh, on audiobook
0: Ah, as well. Exciting. Yeah. I, look forward to, I look forward to listening to it as well. <laughs> Thanks, me too. Oh. <laughs> and my day, we are coming towards the end of the program. It's gone so quick. I've got a few questions left to ask you. Um, my first one is, what's your five top tips for someone who, who wants to tap into their inner vision, but they don't know where to start?
1: Transfer. So a lot of us start where knowing what we don't want,
0: mm. which is,
1: a, it's, a, it's an okay starting point, but you don't want to stay there. So if you know what you don't want, try spinning it into what you do want, mm.
0: um,
1: because what you focus on grows. So if you're focusing on what you don't want, you'll only continue to, to get more of what you don't want, mm. right? So transition what from what you don't want into what you do want. Um, I would say get a community around you, because again, this journey, this path is really tough alone. Yeah. Build in people, join a mastermind, join something to help you through the dark days, because there will be dark days. Even, you know, I'm 10 years into entrepreneurship and I still have dark days. I have two calls scheduled every Wednesday with my people to make sure that (laughs) I'm staying on track. Right. So get a community. Um, I would say find a way to heal your fears. Mm. Don't just brush past them. Don't just ignore them. If you are not healing them, they will continue to pop up and they will be running your life. So find a practitioner, find some way to actually get to the root of what's causing them and heal them. Um, I just became certified as an RTT hypnotherapist, and it is one of the most powerful tools I have ever experienced. So not only, I I use it, like I, I have a practitioner that I use. And then I also administer it now as well. And it's kind of the only thing I've found that actually gets to the root and removes it so that you can move on with your life. Um, That's three. Let's see. What are my other two? (laughs) (laughs) Commit, really commit, like pick a side. You can't waffle back and forth between saying yes to bringing this vision to life and saying no, because you're going to confuse the universe. So pick a side and commit. Um, And finally, have fun. Like we take all of this all too seriously and really, truly like have fun with it. Enjoy the process. Find a way to be, you know, enjoy in pleasure and yeah, have fun with it.
0: I love that. I do love those. And what are you most grateful for?
1: Hmm. Oh, I think I'm most grateful for my home. I love where I live. I live in the center of downtown LA on Broadway. And when I walked into this place a year and a half ago, I said, when I, when I was like, we're just going to a little open house. I brought my intern with me. We're just going to a little open house. We're just going to look like we're not buying anything. We're just going like, it popped up on Craigslist. I'm starting to open the energy around moving blah, 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 blah. I walked in and I was like, oh, this is it. This is the one this is it. And I moved in a year and a half ago and I just, I love my home. I really, really love my home and I'm a Taurus. So I love (laughs) having that safe, grounded, just like space to Mm. be me and to heal and to grow and to, it's just, I
0: just love my home. Oh, I love that. And, And my last question, my lovely is what kind of shines your inner light to help others?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, like I talked about a little bit earlier, having the right people around me Mm. really is so incredibly helpful in shifting my perspective to keep my light lit Mm. because we can look into the physical world for validation and, you know, measures of success and all of these things and then if we're not getting those things we can allow our light to dim and my community around me reminds me of who I am and what my truth is and why I'm here and they keep me going they really help me to see the truth um, and keep that light lit within myself
0: that's so beautiful thank you thank you thank you for being on the show and thank you for sharing your story and Just how it's so important for us to just trust in our vision and trust in our worth as well. Um, Definitely going to have another chat with you on the show very soon.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: What a great interview with Bree Seeley. Gosh, I definitely learned a lot today, and I hope you guys took some nuggets away from it too. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote Your vision will become clear when you look into your own heart. Who looks outside, dreams. Who looks inside, awakens. That's a quote by Carl Jung. For more information about the show or Bree Seely's details, visit www.goodshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit.